Good morning, and we are joined at this time, as we are every other week, by Congressman Greg Pence, who represents the 6th Congressional District on Capitol Hill. Good morning to you, Congressman. Good morning, Tom. How are you today? I am well, a little bit chilly, but uh, apparently it's going to get really cold at the end of this week. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. It's going to get real chilly. Yeah. Possibility of snow just in time for Christmas travel, and uh, it's like, wow, couldn't, couldn't come at a worse time. Yeah. Mm. Well, Tom, I thought, you know, I, I thought I'd, I'd be enjoying all this week in the cold weather with you, but I've been called back to Washington, D.C. I think we're going to go Wednesday night to whenever. Literally, Steny Hoyer went to the floor last Thursday. We didn't get the job done. You know, we were supposed to uh, vote last on the 16th was the end of the budget. Uh, The government would shut down. Uh, but we did what's called a continuing resolution till this this Friday uh, to kick the can down the road because, you know, we were supposed to do the budget last summer, and we just keep kicking it down the road, and now they're debating how much money we should be spending. So I'll be going back out uh, to see what happens uh, this week on that. Uh, and it, we the only thing we really got done last week, Tom, was uh, was that uh, amendment to uh, put off the budget till next this Friday. So I'm I'm heading back out there when we were supposed to be done with this Congress by on December 16th of this year. So it just shows you how productive they are out there. Now, what are some of the sticking points for uh, those who may not be familiar with the process, Congressman Pence? Yeah, this gets a, a great question, Tom. This gets very political in, in, in the following way. So next Congress, the House of Representatives will be led by the Republican majority. Uh, and currently, this Congress is being led by the Democrat majority and Nancy Pelosi. So the big sticking point is we would like to wait we're in charge of the budget next year and what we would do to reduce expenses, get our energy costs back down, reduce regulations. And the Democrats are, and this is a fact, not, I'm not trying to be partisan here, they kind of want to put every their last bit of wish list uh, into a great big increase bill for next year. So it all hinges on what the Senate Republicans will agree to do, which is very, which um, uh, the Republicans such as myself in the House of Representatives are really shocked that the the Senate Republicans wouldn't just let us uh, be in charge of spending next year uh, immediately on, on the 3rd of January. Not real sure why we can't wait two weeks before we do a whole new budget, but So that's the political answer to your question. We haven't even seen a bill, Tom. So uh, it's not that we were debating a bill. It's that uh, uh, it's who was in charge of uh, what bill will come to the floor and what bill we will be voting on. And, And the Democrats in the House of Representatives can get anything they want passed because they have the majority. Uh, the Senate, 
for that to pass would take 10 Republican senators to agree to the Democratic bill. And uh, I don't know whether or not they have them. But uh, again, my preference is that we wait till next year and we can attack some of this excessive spending, which is had absolutely no one disagrees with this. This excessive spending has had a, uh, a, a pressure has pressured inflation in this country. And I think that's I find that interesting that the the Senate uh, Republicans are the ones uh, that are saying that, uh, you know, kind of putting a hold on um, uh, House Republicans uh, coming into the majority in that chamber next year. Because, uh, I mean, am I uh, am I wrong? But uh, doesn't doesn't the uh, the House uh, usually uh, control the purse strings? They do. They absolutely do. And not not really sure why. Well, and of course, right now with the majority, the Democrat uh, House uh, does control the purse springs. But, you know, it takes both uh, bodies, legislative bodies, the Senate and the House, to actually pass a bill where we're the ones with the appropriations and the authority. Uh, So we'll, as you say, Tom, you know, it's a little surprising that we're even here discussing this when in what what two weeks from tomorrow uh, uh we're in charge all right yeah and uh so uh that will be uh, definitely uh, something to uh, keep an eye on for sure so uh, see what happens uh by uh by friday of this week and uh and another thing that uh, happened during the uh, December session, I see that the uh, uh, passed the uh, national uh, defense authorization bill and uh, can you uh, speak to that a little bit please well, we did. So it's like the budget every year. The National Defense Authorization Act, or the NDAA, uh, has to do with military spending. Uh, the preference is that we would actually do, say, a five or plus year bill, but the way things have happened, it's usually just a one year uh, budget for the military, which which inhibits and hampers their ability to make long range plans, but. Uh, that's a whole separate article, but uh, our issue. But we did pass. I and I voted for the NDAA uh, because this time it it, it has increases for uh, pay and housing for veterans. And li- listen to this, Tom. You, you're not going to believe this. For for me as a veteran, for all the veterans out there listening, if you're a, uh, a lower ranked enlisted man, you're also probably on food stamps if you have dependents, uh, you know, a wife or children, uh, because you don't get paid enough now or the housing is too costly in many areas uh, for you for you to be able to live off your paycheck. And that's when I was in the service, as Denise and I got married uh, when I was in the service. And, uh, you know, I, I that, that wasn't the case at all. Uh, I started as an enlisted man, became an officer. But we got paid a decent, reasonable amount, a living wage, if you will. So I was happy to see that this uh, that this building had an increase. And of course, with inflation, it's only made it worse for them. And if I can have a a point of personal privilege, as we say uh, in Washington D.C. on the House of Representatives today, my I am celebrating my 41st. A wedding anniversary with my wife Denise 
and I would like to wish her a happy anniversary after 41 wonderful years. Well, uh, congratulations and happy anniversary uh, to you and Mrs. Uh, Pence, Congressman. And uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, all right. So, uh, and then uh, I'd like to uh, continue on the uh, National Defense Authorization Bill. A couple of other points, but uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout, and we'll continue that conversation and more with Congressman Greg Pence right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville to go. Big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our visit with Congressman Greg Pence. As uh, we were talking about before the break, uh, in addition to uh, wishing the Congressman and uh, Mrs. Pence a uh, happy 41st wedding anniversary, we were talking about the National Defense Authorization Bill and uh, some other things, uh, some highlights of that, Congressman, include uh, rescinding the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for troops. It does, Zach. you know, the, the, all the troops in the military, the, the administration said that if you would refuse to take the vaccine, uh, that you had to leave the service. Now, imagine if you've been there uh, for many, many years and, and, and all the expertise and leadership that had been lost. Uh, but that mandate was legislatively dropped, so we overrode the executive branch in the NDAA um, uh, no longer, uh, it no longer uh, allows the administration to require the vaccine. Now the question is, what exactly is going to happen to those people that were discharged? So, hopefully, they can come back uh, in with with their whole time in service uh, maintained, and we'll, we'll see how that works out. But that, what a bad idea that was. Mm. And uh, and so uh, they would. Uh, so there's a possibility that, uh, of course, I guess it's still up for a debate that they would still get uh, time and service back, which I, I understand is quite valuable to uh, members of the military. Well, I I think that that would happen, Tom. That's just a. a it's, there's no mandate uh, in the NDA that that happens, but I think the right thing to do is. If that was a bad move, that uh, we fix our bad move for service members, especially the ones that have been, you know, in for 20 plus years and had to leave. Or let's say they were only in for 18 and a half and they didn't get their 20. So there's a whole bunch of issues I think we'll be able to easily get worked out. And another facet of that, I'm kind of wondering about um, what about uh, as far as uh, further assistance for uh, Ukraine in their continuing war with Russia? Yeah, that was a big condition for my side of the aisle. The Republicans in the House was uh, we had really questioned how many dollars were had been sent to Ukraine and what what was uh what was the oversight, which is a responsibility of, of Congress, uh, the oversight of spending, and we couldn't get a good handle on what was happening with it. So this time uh, there will be audits of what has been spent and what will be spent if we send additional funds to uh, Ukraine. And there was actually not direct funding in the NDAA of Ukraine. It, it's more of a set-aside 
that uh, the, the uh, administration has available. But we will now audit it. And the good thing is uh, I, I, that, that because of what we all view as some wasteful and questionable spending on, with the Ukrainian government, uh, even the Democrats and, and Republicans all agreed on this uh, inclusion in the NDAA. And uh, another topic, uh, Congressman Pence, is, uh, of course, uh, you being on a member of the House Energy and Commerce Committee, I know uh, energy has been uh, front and center with a lot of folks. I mean, you know, uh, gas prices have uh, started to go down a bit uh, heading into the holidays. It still seems like a a major concern. And uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, you know, I spent my entire career in the petroleum distribution industry, Tom, and and you're, you're absolutely right. Gasoline prices have dropped in some areas, uh, but what's happened is diesel and fuel oil prices, natural gas, and of course our electricity and propane prices have continued to go up, and and that's because it's the seasonality of driving. You, we hear about the driving season, and then the heating oil season. You know, to this day, uh, many many homes people would be surprised to hear in New England are heated with heating oil, which is a form of diesel fuel. And the reason they're heated with heating oil is because they can't put pipelines in the ground where there's the, the rock doesn't permit doing that. So prices are going up in energy and will continue to go up. There is a huge shortage in Europe. And again, the only solution, as we've talked many times, Tom, is for us to deregulate the domestic energy industry. We've got the gas. We've got the oil. We've, we've got the natural gas. All that right here, let's get that back up and running and, and being pumped in our own country instead of buying uh, crude oil from other countries and being dependent upon their prices uh, and their supply. And so that'll be the first order. I will tell you, as a Republican, uh, I will be in the majority uh, on Jan- after January 3rd of 2023, and I will be on the Energy Committee, and that is the number one thing we will focus on immediately, because this energy cost is affecting costs of everything, plastic heating, lights, absolutely everything, building, construction, transportation. All right. So, again, that'll be uh, January 3rd when uh, the uh, Republican Party takes over the uh, control of the House. And, uh, of course, the uh, Senate uh, still remains in control of the uh, the Democrat Party. And, uh, and of course, another thing is a a shift as far as uh, we're concerned, Congressman, because of uh, redistricting, uh, you will no longer uh, be uh, representing southeastern Indiana in uh, Congress. However, we will have uh, Representative-elect Erin Halchin will be uh, taking over, and uh, uh, plans are for her to continue this uh, this program where uh, we get a uh, talk to her uh, every other week like we have with you, Congressman Pence. And uh, I want to say that uh, it has been a pleasure to work with you and your staff uh, over the last uh, several years that uh, we've had these conversations and uh, you know, continued uh, success. Uh, all the best to you uh, personally and professionally, Congressman Greg Pence. Well, back at you, Tom. It has been enjoyable, and, and I really appreciate uh, your hospitality. And, and it was fun stopping by, and it's been fun getting to know you. And, 
and all the listeners and and you've broken my heart leaving me. I didn't leave you. <laughs> I don't know that I had anything to do with it though. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't either. I know. That's that's interesting. <laughs> well, well Tom, all... Merry Christmas to you and to everybody else out there and, and God bless you. You'll be in great hands with Aaron Houchin. 